The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Big Sales National Football Show. Welcome aboard. How you doing? It is great news coming out of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center about Tamar Hamlin. You know what I love the most about what we're hearing? How about the first thing he asked the medical doctors? Did we win? (laughs) That just shows you the warrior mentality that these guys have that play in the NFL. Did we win? Nothing else mattered to him. What we're being told is he could communicate now writing on a piece of paper, and in that moment, he wrote down, did we win? That's a fabulous sign. Still a long way to go. But he's communicating. Massive improvement, according to the doctors. The power of prayer works, folks. The power of prayer works. Every person in my family was praying for him. My aunt took out her holy water. Honestly, my family's very religious. I can't even wear a red scarf into a church, okay? (laughs) Big Sills was raised Roman Catholic. Okay, I mean, like Caesar himself would have went, Asilio's a Roman Catholic, (laughs) okay? Honestly, man. The power of prayer, good for everyone involved, man. Those doctors are spectacular people and what they're doing for DeMar Hamlin. Congratulations to you guys. Talk about a job that matters, saving people's lives every day. I was watching the doctors talking um, about DeMar and all the care that people were doing. People are holding his hand, nurses, doctors, people that were feeding him, his family. The Bills, really great. Actually, a tragedy turning into pulling people together. You know, there, you, I think the reason why this country is so, is so transfixed on this story, how many things in this country do we have together that pulls us together? We don't have very many things any longer. Politics, you know, sporting events are really the only thing that pulls us all together. This is a moment that America came together. What is toy drivers now over 7 million? We have so few things any longer in this country that make us all come together. 
You know, I've always said this to you about sporting events. And how about this in a place like Lincoln Financial? Let's go there. You have 70,000 fans in that building, probably 70,000 fans pulling for one thing, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Atheist, Catholic, Jew, Protestant, Baptist, all doing one thing, rooting for the Eagles. There's so few places in this country like a sports stadium or arena or ballpark that does that. Sports, this is why sports is the number one thing for Americans to get away from all the nastiness in the world. And when a moment like this and a tragedy like Damar Hamlin happens, it galvanizes us. It's fantastic. Watch this. This is like one of the coolest things that has ever happened to the NFL and to its fans. Bengal fans, Bills fans, Eagle fans, Steeler fans, Packer fans are all wanting to know, how's DeMar doing? Every show that I've watched starts out with that. And you know what? We all care. We all care. I do. Watching those doctors almost brought me to tears. Who won? Who won? Did we win the game? And the doctors responded, DeMar, you won the game of life. That's awesome. Inspiring. The greatness of America. Saving a guy's life you don't have any connection with. Kudos. To all the fans and doctors and people. Just great. I'm so inspired. So thankful. That we have people in this country like that. I knew you were out there. The media kind of. You know, they hide you guys. But I know you're out there. There's more of us that are good than the bad folks out there. We only, re- we only report on the bad guys because that's galvanizing stuff, not the good people like those doctors. How about the story of the doctors? We'd rather report on Antonio Brown or somebody beating his wife or somebody smacking his wife. It's all good, man. Thank you for joining us. This is why we love sports. You know why? It is a microcosm of our society. Let's move on here. Got a ton of stuff today. A ton of stuff. Wow. NFL top 50 free agents. You're not going to believe how many of the Eagles are on this list. Week 18 of the NFL. Very important week for the Eagles. And Hall of Fame came out. You know, Xander and I were talking prior to coming on the air here about Jalen Hurts and his leverage. Tone goes, NFL guys are modern-day gladiators. We should respect them. Thank you, Tone. It's an honor to have been one of them, guys. It's an honor, man. Totally an honor to be one of those guys. What up, Big Sills? El Paso, Texas, baby. 
one of my favorite states in the union. Bruce, I told the story of a Texas um, police officer, one of those highway patrol guys, those DPS guys, all six, six of them. Big Seals was going to play for the Cowboys. Hey, son, your license plate says Dade County on it. Yes, sir, I'm coming from Miami. I played my ball at Miami, and I played for the Bucks. Where are you going, kid? I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to play for the Cowboys. Cowboys? You know what D-A-D-E means to me, son? No, sir, I don't. This guy's like 6'9". D-O-P-E. You got a fancy car here, kid. I said, sir, I'm out, I'm out in the middle of Tyler, Texas. I'm out in the middle of Tyler, Texas. Nobody's around but me and this gigantic police officer. These guys become Texas Rangers, too, by the way. Funny, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. What we were talking about, Xander and I, prior to coming on the air, how much leverage do you think Jalen Hurts has versus the Eagles? And, and, and Xander, I'm going to I'm gonna paraphrase what you said. He thinks they let them and cut sports and Jalen play through his final year of his contract. Not sure he has the leverage that he thinks he has. Interesting. You think they learned anything from Wentz? And how about this? Does Wentz get that contract extension if they don't win the Super Bowl that year? Because they gave him the extension, didn't they? In the offseason after they had won the Super Bowl. Let's be fair. Carson Wentz did more of the heavy lifting in 2017 than what Nick Foles did. Foles crossed the finish line. No question about it. He gets massive He gets massive credit for that because it was the GOAT and Brady in the Super Bowl. Had to win the NFC title game too. But do you think Wentz would have got that contract? Say the Eagles that year in 17 got bounced in the NFC title game. How much leverage does a guy who missed significant games have versus the Eagles? Interesting. Lamar Jackson. You know, one of you guys said this yesterday to me. And one of you guys said this. I said you were nuts. I may be wrong here. So Lamar missed the practice today. Okay. Is he going to play in the postseason? Or do you think he's going to shut it down this year because of the lack of a contract and contract talks? Does Lamar want to be a free agent and bounce Baltimore? One of the better organizations in all the NFL? Is that his leverage? He can bounce and go anywhere he wants? This kid is 25 years old, and he's won an MVP award. Unanimously, by the way. Only Peyton Manning has done that. Interesting. So if here's Lamar's leverage. I'm going to shut it down. And you can go into the playoffs with Tyler Hunt, Huntley. Go right ahead. You and Snoop can go ahead for the playoffs. I'm out. That's leverage. Right? What's Jalen Hurts' leverage? Most of these numbers, in my opinion, I don't know, get some of the shittiest football teams in the NFL. 
against some of the shittiest defenses of all time in the NFL. What's his leverage? And for those of you who think Hertz is in the same league as Lamar, you could wipe that out and erase that. He's not. He's not in this. Do you know he's the same age as Jalen Hurts? This guy's accomplished, man. He's actually beaten Mahomes. Won an MVP award. Lamar Jackson. Jalen is not as good as Lamar. He's not. Um, what's his leverage? What's the one thing that he can throw at you? You know what Lamar is? Lamar's not going to have any fear of going into free agency. Who would give Jalen Hurts $50 million in the open market? No one. Nobody on the planet would give that guy 50 million bucks. That's advantage Eagles. Advantage Eagles. Go ahead. I think if they learn anything from the Dak Prescott conversation, nobody would have given Dak Prescott $42 million if he went on the open market. Nobody. Miami would never pay Jalen Hurts $50 million. Not happening. How do you know he's not a one-year wonder? How do you know he's not a one-year wonder? How do you know when I start giving you this list of free agents here, the NFL has listed the top 50 free agents. You know how many people are on this list from Philly? Ten. And you're going to sign a quarterback? Deplete your team so you could sign a guy with a lesser football team than your Arizona. Interesting. What's more important to Howie? The strength of the roster? Or paying a guy like Kurtz, who's dual threat and will never finish a regular season, ever. He hasn't so far in his career. Jalen Hurts is never going to play a 16, 17, excuse me, 17-game NFL season. Ever. He hasn't yet. What would make you think as he gets older, dual threat, that he's going to play 17 games? All the rest of these guys, these signal callers, these big-time quarterbacks, these franchise guys, these guys don't miss ball games, especially seeding games. Even the guy in Baltimore misses seeding games. Jalen Hurts will never play 17 ball games in a regular season for the NFL's Eagles. He'll never do that anywhere. Justin Fields. Surgery in the offseason. Kyler Murray won't be back till October. Oh, really? Really? RG3, rookie of the year, one-year wonder. RG3 was a one-year wonder. He got hurt sales. Dual threat. Dual threat. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Let me get to the other BS that I heard today. So I'm watching the Eagles.com. I'm watching the coordinators, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon talking. 
and both of them are admitting that they haven't done a very good job as of late putting the team in a position to win, and they need to do better. Well, let me figure this out here. Xander, everyone, Tone, it's freaking week number 17, and you're putting your team in bad positions in week 17? If you don't have it figured out by now, you never will. It's week 17. Dude, I'll give you week three, four, week 17. These coaches have to have everything perfectly lined up to be successful. They're not innovators. The 2017 coaching staff was superior to these JV coaches. I need to do better. Bro, the guys in that locker room hear that bullshit and go, it's week 17, and you can't figure it out. Wow. A lot of confidence in those guys. And Mr. Emotional, hey, you know, you can't, you can't be, you know, too high when things are going high and you can't, you know, when things are low, you got to be even killed. Nick, you're not even killed. You're starting a wave in Indianapolis. You're in Arizona, like part of the band. I thought if you were in Columbus, you would have dotted the I. Talk about emotional. The only guy that's level-headed on that sideline is the quarterback. Everyone else is emotional. What's that tell you? It's a very inexperienced coaching staff. You're not going to get bounced in the postseason because of your roster. You're going to get bounced because of your inexperience and your coaches. You're standing in front of the Philly media going, I got to do better in week 17. Congratulations. You don't know what the F you're doing. Dude, Jalen Hurts is getting the worst coaching and his career in Philadelphia, and I said that at the beginning of the year. Dino Brian Dable was his coach at Alabama. Do you know that Sarkeesian was his coach at Alabama? Do you know that some of the greatest coaches in the country were in Tuscaloosa? Then he goes to Norman, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. He just produced the Heisman Trophy winner. And you know what you got in Philly? Hey, if it's not open, run. And his carries go up. And he was on pace for 200 carries. I thought that shit was supposed to be reduced this year. You guys promised me that. Those coaches got that guy banged up and almost killed in the game. They had... You had Nick going, player safety is a priority. You sure don't coach it like it is. These guys talk like this to the public. Their actions don't speak to what they're saying. Coaching Jalen. Man, these guys get more kudos for being shitty than I got in the wrong profession. You don't have to be very talented 
to be a coach today. You get a good quarterback, you can ride that guy a long way. If you know how to manage people, you can ride him a long way. I said this yesterday to you. You know what made that relationship so great in, in New England? Those guys probably couldn't stand one another, but they coexisted. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, did you ever see them in public anywhere? I never have seen a picture outside of them going to the White House. I've never seen them publicly together. Ever. (laughs) But they coexisted and they won. Dude, your coordinators are your issues. Jonathan Cannon. And some of you will go, Sills, the numbers don't add up. Yeah, it does. It's fool's gold. How can you guys have a great pass rush? And what you do? You have a shitty run defense. And you're, you play no quarterbacks this year. And every time you played a decent guy, they completed them like they were Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Last two weeks, you know what they figured out against the Eagle defense? Run a tight end up the seam against TJ or Kaiser White. Those guys will play zone coverage. Do you know why they play better in the second half against New Orleans? They played more press. You don't have the best DBs in the NFL. Your coach doesn't. If you have the best cornerbacks in the NFL, your coordinator's not utilizing them to that to that title. How do you surrender man coverage and play zone if you call yourself the best corners? The Eagles have the best corners in the league, okay? How come they don't play man coverage? Well, the coach doesn't like it, and he's afraid. I'm telling you, man, you're the worst 13, 13-win team in the league right now. You're not, dude, you can't be, you can't be Tampa right now. And what, and Sills, wait a minute. We're, we got a better record. I don't care. You're not beating Tampa. You're not beating the Bucs. This is about who's playing the best ball the last month of the season, not six months of ball. You're not the same team you were in September. You don't have Lane. You don't have Avante. Your coaches can't figure out how to use a Pro Bowl. Get this. Shane Steichen can't figure out how to use a Pro Bowl running back. What? This guy's a 1,200-yard back with 11 touchdowns, and you can't figure out how to implement him, but you'd rather run Gardner Minshew and RPOs. So get this. It was more important for Shane Steich in this last game to run Gardner Minshew in an RPO than to give the ball and turn around and hand it off to Miles Sanders. What kind of shitball thinking is that? Gardner Minshew, he couldn't outrun a kicker. Every time he got in that RPO system, minus one, minus two, minus three. Come on, man. Jalen Hurts is the cover for bad play calling. Mm. I'm going to make a point to you here. Jalen Hurts ran the ball 157 times, right? 
I would gander to think that 90 of those runs were because the offensive play that was sent in didn't work. Remember this, every time Jalen Hurts takes off running, it's either because the play was bad, they weren't open, and they didn't have a contingency plan, and because he's still learning how to do one, two, three, four. It's totally remarkable that there's two 1,000-yard receivers on this team. It's remarkable. They've become a finesse team. You're not a power team anymore. Why would you call yourself a power team? (laughs) You haven't run the ball. You haven't run the ball in the last month. You haven't run the ball in the last month. How would you call yourself a power team? How can you call yourself a power team when you're when you're trying to build your team from the perimeter, you guys said something to me a long time ago, and I thought you guys were crazy. I think that coaching staff in that front office hates running the ball. I think they hate it. They want to be in the room with the Kansas Cities, the Bills, the Chiefs, All them guys that throw the rock around the building. The Bengals now, they want to be part of that group. You're not going to win games throwing the ball. You win football games by running the ball and establishing the run first, then going to. Here's what's happened to Philly last month. The lack of you establishing Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders You guys are now establishing A.J. Brown and you're establishing Devontae. Well, guess what that's done? You're one and two in the last three games. Well, Jalen's not out there. Well, that's because your coaching staff is not putting that kid on a pitch count and not protecting him. Dude, all of this is playing into where you are now, where, get this, you've got to play your guys and the Giants don't. Interesting how the tables have turned. Interesting. Tone says, we're about to enter the thick of the playoffs and people care about whispering sweet nothings about the Eagles. The stakes are high. Act like it, people. If the coaches mess this up, it's a wrap. Tone, they have messed it up because they relied on Jalen. Dude, I'll say it again to you. Everything you guys said about Jalen Hurts, his coaching background with his dad, his ability to take coaching, I'll tell you what he does. Jalen does a great job of this, processing and applying. Here, here, figure, I'm going to show you how Jalen takes that shitty game plan and turns it into something that has 13 wins on it. You ready? Let me show you this. Watch this. So when Jalen drops back and that pass ain't open, you know what he does in his mind? That's not a play call from the sideline. Jalen sees it and goes, there's no way they can defend me. I'm going to get out in the perimeter and I'm going to create positive yards. And the thing he does better than Josh Allen 
and Andrew Luck, he's not going to take the significant hit. He's going to go down because he's smart to know, I want to work on Monday. Where Josh Allen sees it's the only thing is to get that 10 yards. This guy sees the game better. Look at True. He goes, Giants are shit. So was Washington. You guys were parading around and croning around and telling everybody how great your 12-sack effort was. They turned around and beat your ass in the next game. I wouldn't take a divisional opponent lightly, my friends. Crazy things happen in those games. Jalen Hurts covers bad play calling. It's a complete fact. You know why? Mitchu exposed it. They ran the same freaking offense for Gardner Minshew that they did in Chicago. And when they couldn't come up with a game plan, they were like, well, it's Minshew's fault. That ain't Gardner Minshew's fault. You put that guy in a position to fail. You put him in a complete position to fail. You got a Pro Bowl running back behind you, and you're running a quarterback who can't jump over a stack of nickels. And you're running him in RPOs. I mean, a high school coach could figure that out. Doug Peterson, if he and his coaching staff were on this staff today, the Eagles would be undefeated. And as soon as Jalen got hurt, Doug, Frank, would have created a brand new game plan like they did for Nick Foles. Completely changed the play calling and the audibles and the sequences. I talked to Frank. You all know I'm friends with him for 40 years. Oh, he goes, we changed the entire offense. We changed the, actually, he said they changed the entire play calling and how they play called for Foles compared to Wentz. Completely changed it. Not this staff. Howie Roseman fired a Super Bowl coach and a coach who's going to win the Coach of the Year Award in Jacksonville. All the great things that Howie did. He's he's Howie Roseman is Jerry Jones 2.0. Jerry's got Super Bowls too. Jerry has Super Bowls with a Hall of Fame coach. Howie has a Super Bowl where the coach is going to be the coach of the year. It was never Howie in 17. It was Doug. It wasn't Howie. But Howie's the guy that likes to stand out front of the Indianapolis locker room so everybody could see him. He's Jerry Jones 2.0. Doug wanted the power. They should have given it to him. He's the guy that delivered the Super Bowl. So get this. Your GM would rather have a lesser coaching staff coaching his team so that he can push them around and be involved in the game plan and tell the guys who to play than have an actual coach in the room. I think this is going to be why you don't win the Super Bowl and maybe get bounced in the postseason. It's because you don't have Doug Peterson. Guy sabotaged his team the last year he was in Philly. 
Can't be that hard to see. Doug's won the divorce, by the way. Oh, yeah. Doug's going to win a division title in his first year in Jacksonville. What? Jacksonville is like the perennial dog shit franchise. How many years have we talked about them only in April getting the top pick? Here they are with a division title in their grasp. It is without a doubt obvious that Doug Peterson has won the divorce. And you got coaches in week 17 apologizing for not coaching good enough. And in Jacksonville, you're talking about a coach who's going to be the NFL's coach of the year. Because your GM wanted the power. I say Jacksonville wins seven division titles in the next 10 years. Who in that division you think is going anywhere? Texans? Maybe with all the draft picks. I say Doug Peterson's going to own that division for the next decade with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to own that division. Jay Khan wants to spend the money. He wants a winner in Jacksonville. He's going to spend it. They're going to win division title at the, is there anybody in that division that has a better quarterback than Jacksonville, a better running back and the duo of combinations How about the way the defense is now being built? Dude. And in Philadelphia, you got coaches standing in front of the podium apologizing for the last month about putting players in shitty positions. And you got one guy who likes to start the wave as your head coach. I'm starting to think he is a little quirky. How emotional he got. Dude, what coach does that shit? They're very limited in creativity. It was on display against New Orleans. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 4,000 yards. He's at 39.01. He's going to get the 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, and seven picks. I don't know about you, but that is fixing him. Dude. That's a great take there, Big Pickin. NTN looks like Westbrook. Catches the ball out of the backfield. Runs it between the tackles. He's over 1,000 yards now. Doug's got him. Dude, Doug's going to keep putting pieces around and keep adding components to the team. Boy, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. That thing's going to be exceptional. Kudos to you, bro. I can't wait to see how this plays out. you got coaches at the podium today answering the soft-ass Philly media and asking those questions. Why didn't you ask the question, how are you not using Miles Sanders in the first half? He gets two carries? Why are you running RPOs with Gardner Minshew? How come you guys didn't change? Here's just some of the questions I would ask. Why didn't you think you had to change the system for a true drop-back quarterback in Minshew. 
Why weren't you trying to establish Dallas Goddard? All you had to do was pull the tape out of Buffalo and Chicago. And you see how to manage a dual-threat quarterback. You know how you do that? When a team is shitty stopping the run, run the ball. Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. Dallas can't stop the run. New Orleans can't stop the run. Chicago can't stop the run. You're one and two against those three teams. Threw the ball more times than you ran it. I don't get it. Here, Chicago is 31. Dallas was 26. New Orleans is 24. And stopping the run. But you thought you'd throw it to Marcus Lattimore when he got activated. And get this, here's the new conversation out of those mental midgets in um, the Novacare Center. You ready for this one? Well, Jalen's playing. So you can't beat the Giants. And you can't beat the Giant JV team with a backup quarterback? You got bigger issues than I thought. Because you know why? When you put Jalen out there, you think they're going to try to protect him by not having him run? Hell no. They're going to run that dude. Jalen Hurts' game is running. So you're going to take that component of the game away from him. Is that right? You're not going to win in the postseason if Jalen Hurts can't take off on third down. You know why? It's not because he can't get it. It's because your coaching staff doesn't have a game plan. Like I've been telling you, they have a rescue plan. It's Hurts. They're going to run that guy until that guy breaks. They're going to try to find another guy like him. I'll get to your comments here in a minute. I want to get to something else here that goes along with this. (laughs) Hey, this football team that you have, right now, will remarkably look different next year. You won't be as good. Here. There's 50 free agents that have been listed by Bledsoe. It's a scouting service that the NFL has that puts all the players. Very few people have it. But here right now, most some of these guys will be resigned. I'm not saying they're not, but today, here are the 50 free agents. I'm not going to go through all 50. I'm going to go through the top 10. And then I got the Eagle guys on here. Listen to this. Top free agent, as of today, do I think he signs in Baltimore? 50-50. Lamar Jackson. Number two, Saquon Barkley. Number three, Rokon Smith. You're going to love these next two. The number four, top free agent going into the offseason, James Bradbury. Eagles. So he's ranked fourth. You're not signing him for $18 million. He's going to get top value dollar. That guy has silenced the Giants and why they didn't want to. The Giants regret not giving that guy the $6 million now. Okay? Because when he gets on the open market, he's a $17 million guy. You got another $17 million guy on the other side. You think you're re-signing him at what? The eagle rate? Bye.
won't be back. Number five. Unbelievable. Didn't even make the Pro Bowl. James Bradbury. Excuse me, Javon Hardgrave. Hardgrave is the fifth-ranked free agent. Do you understand what that means? They're working on a three-year, $51 million deal. You know why they started working on that deal? They started knowing on who the top free agent He's the fifth-ranked defensive tackle. Excuse me. Not DT. Play that's in free agency. How's that? I see our internet's going here a little bit. Hang in there with me here a little bit. I appreciate it. Sorry about that. Hardgrave's had a hell of a season. He's had a hell of a year. Fifth ranked guy. Okay? Apologize. We're having a little issues here with our internet here. May have to take a time out. It could be coming back around here. Do you understand what it means? Do you guys understand what that means? That means that Javon Hardgrave is going to be in line for $18 million if he gets on the open market. $18 million. No wonder they're working on a $51 million deal over three years. That's under market value. You're not signing Hardgrave. Why would I take $5 million less to stay in Philly? No, thank you. I'm I'm the fifth-ranked free agent. Hey, winning comes with a price. Roquan Smith is third. Orlando Brown is sixth. Offensive tackle Chiefs. Tom Brady is seventh. Jesse Bates, safety, Bengals, is eighth. Here's another one. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the ninth-ranked free agent in the upcoming year. Do you know what that means? That's 15.5 million bucks. You ain't signing... Brad Perry and Gardner Johnson for $30 million combined. You may sign one of them. You may sign one of them. Look at Fly Parks thinks that he resigns. So you're going to pay him $15 million. You're paying him $15.5. You're paying Bradbury $17.4. And you're paying Slay 17. Oh, I haven't even got to Jalen yet. Josh Jacobs is 10th. The Eagles have three guys in the top 10. In the top 50 free agents. Now, let's look at the Eagles outside of the top 10. Miles Sanders is the 22nd ranked free agent. $13 million is the price tag for him in the open market. 
probably get seven to ten. Eagles ain't paying that. 27th ranked free agent, TJ Edwards. Linebacker, 69. <laughs> this guy makes 1.5. <laughs> He's going to stay. Boy, you got a lot of money. Damn. Brandon Graham, the 29th ranked free agent. Probably resign him. Probably give you a good cooking deal. 41 is Isaac Sayamalo. Offensive guard. No contract offer. Nothing on the table. He'll get 10 plus million bucks in the open market. 10 plus million. 48, Fletcher Cox. These are the top 50 guys. Not even talking about Andre Dillard leaving. Some of these other guys. Man. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You had eight guys in the top 10 at top market value prices. And you think this team will be the same next year? With a dual threat guy, you gotta, or you want to, I wouldn't pay $50 million to. Okay, let's see. You're probably not bringing Fletch back. Kelsey's $10 million's off the table. You gotta sign Hardgrave. Hardgrave's the fifth ranked free agent. He's gonna get max dollar. This guy had an unreal year. The money will be there. Yo, know, GT, the money's there every year, but it won't be paid out from Philly. That's not how he works. And plus, the money won't be there. When you start paying your guy, you lose guys. That's why when Xander was telling me at the beginning of the show, he was going like this at the beginning of the show. What's his leverage? Howie's got a team to re-sign. Howie's got to re-sign his team. Or guess what's going to happen next year? Howie will be exposed because once he signs the quarterback, the roster won't be the same. And he'll look like he did two years ago, 4-11-1. That's how we got to 4-11-1. Because every year he restructures the team. He burns it down, builds it up. Burns it down, builds it up. Burns it down, builds it up. And if he screws up in the draft, he goes free agency. This guy's so predictable, it's funny now. He can't draft a wide receiver. He's got it right with Devontae, but in his career, he couldn't. He can't sign a he can't draft a corner to save his life. He cannot draft a corner to save his life. His linebacking situation, he found TJ Edwards. And he went out and got Kaiser White. It's not like this guy's some guru. I love how people are going and how people in Philly, I'm the only guy that doesn't see that. I'm the only guy that sees this, and the rest of them are calling this guy a, a boy genius. And for the record, he will win executive of the year this year. He will win the executive of the year. He will. But at the end of the day, 
when it comes to rebuilding the team, he's got to burn it down, build it up. Burn it down, build it up. We're so much better than the rest of the NFL. No, you're not. You're not playing anything near. You're not better than San Francisco right now. Better than Dallas. You're not better than the Bills. You're not better than the Chiefs. That's a lie. If you think you've been playing good football the last month, you're blinded by green and white. Plain and simple. You are not. You got beat by a five-win team, almost beat by a three-win team. And the Dallas Cowboys and Andy Dalton made your defense look average. Are you crazy? You think you're better? Shit, you know what San Francisco has? They got a scout team quarterback on their team, and they're going to beat the piss out of you. They got a scout team quarterback, quarterbacking that team. I'll tell you what, if Tom Brady goes to San Francisco next year, Jesus Christ, he's going to end it with a Super Bowl. Look at this guy, Jesse. They lost to the... um, they, they lost to the Broncos. Bro, that was months ago. Nobody gives a shit about September anymore. You're not the same team you were in September. Last month of the season, the Giants have been playing better ball than you. That's an absolute lie. You think you've been playing good football lately? Anybody who says yes is absolutely ridiculous. Well, Sills, we got a lot of sacks. Andy Dalton went for 81% completion percentage, and Dak Prescott 77. Thank God Daniel Jones is probably not going to play this weekend because you know why? I would have took the Giants. Tom Brady's Super Bowl days are over. (laughs) Keep betting on that. Keep betting on that. Keep betting on a guy who was 44 and just threw for 429 yards this past week. Keep betting on that. Keep betting on that. Keep betting on that. And your spectacular, so-called, wonderful coaching staff. Dude, you could turn any show on in Philly, man. And boy, do they get on their Howie Roseman knee pads and tell you how great that coaching staff is. I'm serious, man. I think when you have to get into the Novacare Center, you have to own a pair of Howie Roseman knee pads. It's the only way to get into building. I'm, I'm convinced of it. It's the only way to get into the building. You have your uh, Howie Roseman knee pads? Yes, they're they? oh, very good. You get them for Christmas and your birthday. They give you a new set every year. It's got his face on them. <laughs> if you don't have your knee pads, you ain't getting into Novacare Center. That ain't working, man. Seriously, to work in the media there, you got to have them. Let's see. Eagles have been playing like shit. I'm worried that they peak to work. Drew, it's nothing to do with peaking. It's injuries. It's complete injuries right now when it comes to um, the Eagles. It's nothing to do with anything. It's not because they're not. The reason they're playing bad is because they're starting to lose key positions. That's why it's got nothing. No, I said this before, and I want to make it very clear. When healthy, Eagles are formidable, man. Right now, you're in the pack. You're in the pack. 
Hey, no. Mojo, watch this. I gotcha. Yeah, I can't wait for that, man. Okay? I gotcha. So is it the team or the coaching you're losing me? Okay, I'll make it very clear so it lands right for you all around. The team has lost players. You have an injury issue. Combine that with shitty coaching. You're one and two in the last month. End of story. Is that hard to follow or do I need to walk you down some yellow brick road here? Or you can't follow along with that. You've lost significant players. You got a backup quarterback in. Your quarterback's banged up. You've got inferior coaches. What else do you need to know? I mean, I'm sorry you couldn't follow along there. I think it's very simple. But unfortunately, sometimes people can't understand what we're saying here because you can't follow along that clearly. I mean, what am I saying that's wrong? You don't have some of your key components and some of your key players. You have inferior coaching. This is why you're not playing well. Hello. I don't know. I think that makes it pretty simple. Hey, Dan, what's the Philly media's problem? Why don't they ask? But they don't want their press credential restricted. You can't ask those guys tough questions. You cannot ask anybody at the, the NovaCare Center is one of the most guarded places next to Quantico. It's like Quantico. You need triple secret badges to get into the place. And you've got to call ahead if you want to get into any kind of media access. And if you're not one of their boys, you're out. Half those people on WIP were all cleared through the Eagles. You think Odyssey just put guys on? Not going to put guys on. They don't need to. They don't need to because the people that run that station are you. The fan, dude, why do you think the national media shits on the Philadelphia fan base? Because you'll get a response from them. Because they're passionate, loyal, love their colors, love their team. And they use that against you. Very simple to figure out. It's not a hatred for you. They use you like wrestling fans. Come on, man. You know better than this. You're trying to tell me you think actually Dallas Cowboy fans are better than Philadelphia Eagle fans? Or even the Buffalo Bills, that Bills Mafia, sensational. Look what they're doing with DeMar Hamlin. Look at how they handle all their... Dude, the people in both, the people in Buffalo are a lot like the people in Philly. They love their team. And they love their players. I love that. You think you really need sports talk radio and you really think you need a talented sports talk radio host in Buffalo right now or in Philly? Why do you think Angelo's 98 years old doing morning drive and WIP? What? Why? Because he's great at it. The rest of them? So much to get to still, man. Week 18 of the NFL, Hall of Fame. The Eagles won't be this. Dude, your coaching staff is apologizing in week 17, going into week 18. 
Going into week 18, they're apologizing for putting players in bad positions. <laughs> I'd be like, can you imagine this? Here, here, look. So you're out to sea. You've been going a long time. You're with Columbus. And hey, <laughs> Columbus is out there. All of a sudden, they don't see land. Shit, according, you, know, you, you know what? If you had Nick Sirianni on the boat as Columbus, he'd have jumped off the boat if he didn't see land. He wouldn't have went through with it. He'd have jumped off the boat. I'm out of here. <laughs> Seriously, man, if this guy was this guy was on, like, with Columbus, if he was Christopher Columbus, he'd have jumped off the boat. <laughs> I don't see land. <laughs> He'd have jumped off the boat. And he's a paisan, which makes it really even harder. Howie and the crew hate you. Perfect. Perfect. <clears throat> Only difference is, I got a boss that doesn't waver here. Yeah, you know, I know Dan gets 10 shares in Tampa, but you know he's a little hard on the bucks. Yeah, but he makes 150 grand a month for us and he gets 10 shares, 25, 54 men. I'm not doing anything. Well, and then big sales, of course, with his fat mouth. Okay, it's either him or us. And they've had seven morning shows since I left. I was there 15 years. <laughs> I know everybody thinks I've been fired a billion times. I was in Tampa 15 years. Big sales, love you, big dog. I hope you. Had a good birthday. I did. Thank you very much. You know what my kind of birthday is, my friend, Jameson? Nobody bugging me. Let me ask you this. Why are we soft? I feel like Sirianni's looking like a clown lately. Dude, because you're getting away from who you are. You're losing your identity in the process here. Okay? You're losing your identity. You're a pounded team. You're a punch teams in the face kind of. Barrett says it. They're, they're like some sort of like finesse team now. Dude, when you don't use – Jameson, why why wouldn't you use a Pro Bowl running back in the first half of the game against the same – that guy should have had 20 carries in the half. So what if it was 14-10 at the half and you're in the lead? That's what happened to the Bills. The game was still close at half. They pulled away with better talent, and they beat them 35-10. They don't have any patience because you know why? Here's why – Nick Sirianni is not the coach he thinks he is, and you think he is, because he doesn't have patience. Why is that? Because he's too emotional. you got to have poise and patience to be an NFL coach. got to hang in there. All of a sudden, when something's not working, you can't just bail on it. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding it. You're the better team. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding it. That's the difference between Super Bowl coaches like Doug Peterson and coaches and JV coaches like Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, the Doug Peterson's a JV coach. He's a JV coach. JV. Momentum changes Sunday. Look at D. D. Gee goes like this. Momentum changes Sunday. It better. You're playing a JV football team. 
You know what's going to happen on Monday? The fool's gold will be sprinkled all over Philly. You'll pound the giant team 48 to 10. Hey, Xander, remember I said this. Tone, here, here's how I see this. You'll beat that team 48 to 10, show up on Monday and go, see, we're back. And you beat a junior varsity team. And you'll go into the playoffs once again with the stupid fool's gold. And then here, you'll get Brady in the opening round. Game. <laughs> That's how close the game will be. Just like you were in January. Bucks and, Bucks and Eagles. Here we go. Game. 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 You're not healthy right now. Can, hey, can I tell you this? If you had Doug Peterson's uh, coaching staff, I completely think he'd figure this out and you'd win and make it to the Super Bowl. I completely believe that. This coaching staff, I'm not, I'm, hey, this is not about the players. This is about Howie sticking his beak in and the coaching staff. You got the saboteur putting his nose into the coaching room. What am I going to, where can I stick my beak in? Where can I stick my beak in? You know, I got something to do with the play calling. (laughs) The problem with Howie Roseman, he doesn't know his role. He creates new ones. He moves the chains on people. You're a GM, dude. How many times did Kevin Colbert come on this show and go, I get out of the way once the season starts? You know, Kevin Colbert doesn't do interviews or he doesn't say anything to the media. He has no access to the media when he was the general manager of the Steelers. He has no access. Because it's on Mike, this is Mike Tomlin's show. This is his time of the year. My time of the year is in the offseason. That don't work like that in Philly and in Dallas. That don't work like that in Philly or Dallas. What can I do? Here comes my team. Here comes my coach. Look at that, man. Come on, guys. Way to go here. Standing out front so the media can see him. Out front of the locker room in Indianapolis was just a great sign. That's when I knew right then and there, man. Coach Roseman's got it going on. He sure does, man. He sure does. Coach Roseman. (laughs) Do you want to know something here? Tell your friends this. If I was on WIP or that other shit station they have in Philly, do you you know what they would do? They'd be calling the program director, have me yanked off the air. Hit the like button. Now we're two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much. Our boy Philly 500 will join us in hour number three at 530 Eastern. Oh, for those of you in the New York area, Big Sills will be going on Craig Carton show next Tuesday. Uh, Before we go on the air, we're going to spend a little time with our boy Craig Carton. He's one of the very few guys that I will do interviews with because most of these guys who try to get Craig or myself on, uh, they try to sabotage us and, do whatever. So Craig and I have a new understanding. We never go on anybody's show unless we know them. Okay. I mean, I, I just refuse to do that. So um, next Tuesday, 
I'll have more of a time, but we're going to be, um, okay. We're going to be on the WFAN next Tuesday. Okay. I pre a, a, a formerly known as Jojo MC. Seals is misunderstood by a lot of you eh, because they don't take the time to understand that. I'm not trying to sit here and create enemies. That's not what I do. I talk the truth. I've realized something for, I don't know. I try telling my aunt this all the time because she's like, man, sometimes you're just brutal. I go, I didn't know the truth was controversial. I, I never thought the truth was controversial, but it is. Dude, people do stupid, like, you know, you know, I'll tell you what, my wife came down and she was talking to me about the Skip Bayless tweet. She goes, did you think the tweet was wrong? I go, no, it was untimely. That's what was wrong with the tweet. Guys being resuscitated on the field. And you're talking about whether or not to play the game. The timing was off, guy. You needed to wait 24 hours. I told you, got a new rule, 24-hour rule. Let the thing sit there a little bit, especially something like that that could be catastrophic. Hang in there a little bit. This is not just talking about a jump shot. You know, you're talking about a person's life here. The game was not part of the story any longer. It was part of the guy living. It was an untimely tweet. And what's made it worse is that Skip's trying to defend himself, which you don't have to. All you got to do is go, hey, it was an untimely tweet. I apologize for you not sitting back and thinking that where we were in the moment. And move on. Instead, you're defending your tweet. Don't defend that thing. And don't have to debate with people that are on Twitter. They're losers. It was just untimely. The game being played is a conversation. But for another day. Now that we've got better news about DeMar, it's great. Now you can even have that debate. Today you have that debate. You know, whether to play the game, not play the game. Don't get – you can't give Kansas City home field advantage where both teams beat Kansas City. That's unfair. You just can't do that. It's, that's not the right thing to do here. I think they're leaning towards not playing it and go by win percentage. Okay? I think that's what they're going to end up doing in the very end is probably go by win percentage. Five Star says, but Big Seals, how many players have been laying on the field and the show went on? All of them. That's the point, Five Star. Let, five Star, you didn't have to jump the gun there, is my point. And that's why people had an ass with it. Dude, I mean, it's an emotional moment for everyone. Guy almost died on the field. Everybody was in tears. You hope the kid's going to live. Then you're talking about playing again. I mean, it's untimely. The tweet's not bad. There's nothing offensive about the tweet from Skip Bayless. The timing is offensive. Okay? The timing is offensive. That's why everyone, New York Post running time. And get this. You know, hey, I'll tell you this about Bayless. You know you're successful when newspapers are running headlines. You should be fired for a tweet that made sense, but poor timing. Skip Bayless has more viewers today because of what he tweeted out. I totally. <laughs> I mean, that's how our sick society works sometimes. Okay, I mean, the tweet itself, me and my wife, I go, it's, just, it's a bad, timely tweet. 
He showed no heart, no compassion. But then again, guess what? Skip was acting like the NFL always does. That's where he got that from. He knows how the league acts. See, the league, what they did was they went with the winds of social media, though, and they piled on themselves. Yeah, I mean, simply, hey, when they don't want a guy, they'll pile on. That's what happens. Hey, remember something. The devil doesn't come to you when things aren't going well in your life. The devil comes for you when you're on top of the world. That's when the devil comes for you. He, he, when you're sitting around and things are just going normal for you, but when you're on top of the world, that's when the devil comes. That's when he's coming for you. Okay? I love, which, I, I, I love how Shannon handled it. it that, that show will not be together too much longer. Don't give Bayless his own show. It'll be a train wreck because I watched him the other day by himself. He's pathetic. And by the way, that um, streaming show he does is awful. Okay? <laughs> it's awful. Number one seed, baby, on top of the world. Look at that, man. I love Eagle fan, man. They don't give a shit if the if the forest is on fire, man. They love Yellowstone. <laughs> they, hey, they don't care if they're burning on fire. Hey, baby, we're still Rome. Keep, keep the faith, Bone. Keep it going, Bone. How you doing, Bone? That's right, man. <laughs> oh man, oh. That uh, to me, to me, listening to those coaches today at the press conference was a comedy show. Was a comedy show. Yeah, man, I got to do a better job at putting my defensive guys in better positions. <laughs> I don't win just like this. Excuse me, but it, it is week 18. And you haven't figured that out? Howie. Howie, can you help me? Here's who I'm putting under your tree. Joseph and Sue. Merry Christmas. Hey, remember what I told you about adding those two guys? Well, it kind of helped. It's kind of helped. It's helped the edge rushers. You still give up. You gave up 140 yards in rushing this past weekend to the Saints. The Saints. The Saints. Kind of helped. Uh, because of the great, um, the great thinking of Jonathan Gannon because he's such a great mind guy when it comes to, like, you know, defensive play calling. How incredible. How incredible, man. You got some coaches that sit, sitting at a press conference on Twitter, on Eagle Twitter, telling you that they're not putting players in positions to win in week 18. Hassan. Hassan. Pretty soon I'm I'm gonna put we're gonna go into our defensive player of the year. Um, candidates, remember something. Next Tuesday, I have to have my MVP vote in. Who do you think I'm voting for for the MVP? 
let me let me play a little test here. Who would you vote for right now for the most valuable player in the NFL? Who would be the MVP? Sydney, good morning to you, brother. Who would be the MVP? Jalen. Okay. I haven't seen him in a month. Mahomes. Is Waddle better than Smith? By far. Jalen Hurts easily. Mahomes. 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 Who are you voting for, Joey B. Second? Who the hell cares about MVP? Oh, we've gone there now, Don? Hey, we've gone there now? That's kind of where I'm leaning. I'm leading to Burrow. I'm leading to Joe Burrow. If you put Joe Burrow's Bengals up against the um, Kansas City Chiefs, I think they beat him again. I think they beat him again. I think Burrow beats Mahomes. I think he's, as a matter of fact, he plays more inside of, inside of a structure. Uh, the only thing that I would give Kansas City maybe a slight edge is because they do have Andy Reid, okay, as a play caller versus Zach Taylor. And to be fair, I'm not really plugged in to Zach Taylor. I don't really know Zach Taylor all that much. Okay. Joey B. Man, I love that guy. What a franchise quarterback. That guy's a franchise. Last two years, this guy's been unbelievable. He's been unbelievable, Joey Burrow. AFC Championship, probably again, heading back to the Super Bowl for a second year in a row in Cincinnati. (laughs) That's insane. The Cincinnati Bengals have been turned around. What? The Jacksonville Jaguars have been turned around. What? Who would have thunk that? Doug Peterson, the guy you fired, guy you hated, or Howie or somebody. Why did you fire Doug again? Just curious. Why did you fire Doug again? Oh, I get it. Howie wasn't responsible for that roster, that 4-11-1 roster. It was Doug, right? So Doug wasn't responsible. Wait a minute. So Doug was responsible for the 4-11-1, not Howie. Not Howie. And Howie gets the credit for 2022. I see. Interesting. (laughs) So the 2020 season... Okay, the 2020 season, that's all on Doug. The 22 season is all on Howie. Interesting. Lori fired Doug? Yeah, right. Lori chose between Doug and Howie. And you know why the owner in Philadelphia, why do you think Lori chose Howie? Over Doug. This will be a good one. I don't think we've ever gone here before with this. Why do you think the owner chose? Why do you think the owner chose the general manager 
and I'll tell you a prime example of it. It's in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Look at Ray. Money. Amen, dude. Amen. Way to go, Philly. Money. That's right. Because you know what a general manager is? He's an accountant. Or in NFL words, it's code for capologist. He manages Jeffrey Lurie's money of the roster. He knows who to play, who not to play. Who's coming up on incentives, who's not. Who's active this week, who is. Howie Roseman, on a weekly basis, manages Jeffrey Lurie's money by actives and inactives. Because right now, guess what? A lot of players are coming up on incentives. The reason why you can't – you know why – do you know why this is really bad financially for Jeffrey Lurie that they haven't clinched? you got to play your starters, which means there's probably more bonuses to be handed out. You know, you get if, if, when, you're, when you start, there's probably a, a starter bonus in there. I had one. Like my normal pay would be like 10 grand. But if you started, you got an additional seven. So you, that week you made 17000 bucks. Back then, that's a lot. Today, it's not anything. That's an incentive. So you make $17,000 a week. If you didn't start, you made ten. Not bad, right? It's all good. Then if your football team gets over a particular amount of rankings, if you're in the top two for rushing, you get an additional $200,000. If you play 75% of the snaps, It's very interesting how the whole thing plays out. So the owner, the guy in San Diego or Los Angeles now with the Chargers, that's why he's the most powerful guy. It's not Brandon Staley. It's not. Doug wanted more power in the organization. Well, Debbie, guess what they did in Tennessee? They went okay to Mike Vrabel. They saw a really great coach in Mike Vrabel, the reigning NFL coach of the year, and they fired a very successful general manager, and they gave it to the coach. The right move. Do you know why they did that in Tennessee by firing the general manager, whereas in Philly they would never do that? They don't want Mike Vrabel going to New England. When Bill Belichick calls it a career, I've always said I think Vrabel's the next Patriot head coach. I think he's the next Patriot head coach. But when you give him total command and total power in Tennessee, why would he leave? He's got complete control of the roster, the money. There's not going to be any more A.J. Brown moves. Mike Vrabel, if Mike Vrabel had the current structure in Tennessee, A.J. Brown would still be a Titan. Everyone knows that. Right? They fired Doug. That's why Doug was fired, because he was going to put Howie back in the broom closet because of the draft picks. Absolutely. Absolutely that's the case. Now you've got a guy who's going to win the Coach of the Year award in Jacksonville, and he's going to put Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. What an absolute, complete turnaround in Jacksonville. Almost. Wait a minute. 
it's almost the same kind of turnaround in Philly. We know this now about Doug Peterson. It wasn't Howie Roseman who won that Super Bowl. It was Doug. Doug's doing the same shit in Jacksonville. He turned that around. One year. Dude, I thought Doug Peterson, when I saw that team play the Eagles at the beginning of the year, I thought Doug had three years minimum to turn that mess around. I didn't think he'd do it in three months. I didn't think he'd do it in three. By the way, Trent Palke down there is a yes man to Doug. Doug's not a yes man to him. Hey, you think Doug Peterson's taking commands from Trent Palke, the guy who destroyed the 49er roster? I don't think so. Johnny goes, Jacksonville's going to be scary the next season. Johnny, Jacksonville's going to be scary the next 10 years. Barring any kind of injury to Lawrence, NTN, or some of the players they got on defense, Jacks are going to be in a position to win a boatload of football games. Here, let's ask this question here. If Peterson was coaching this group, would a Super Bowl be on the horizon in the next two years with Doug? Would you feel more comfortable going into the postseason with Doug Peterson instead of Nick Sirianni? You got a cheerleader as a coach. Cheerleader. Hey, with this roster, Doug Peterson would, my God almighty. Shoo, man. Mm. But you know, all the media guys in Philly, dude, these guys are great. Remember something about the national media talking about Sirianni and Steichen. They don't watch Eagle games. They watch Eagle highlights. Okay. You think a guy like Stephen A. Smith, who actually worked at the Inquirer, watches Eagle football? He watches highlights. He can't even get rosters right most of the time. Most of them are like two, three years old because he reads shit off the internet like everyone else does when they cover teams. Here, watch this. Doug Peterson at the podium today. I watched the Jags press conference. You know what he was saying? I'm looking forward to playing against the Titans. Derrick Henry's healthy. He's playing. We're going to line it up and see what happens. I'm very comfortable and confident in our coaches and our players. I think they're going to be ready to go. I'm paraphrasing here. And I'm sitting there watching that. Then I turn on you guys as coaches. Yeah. And you're 13 and three. You're 13 and three. Here's the difference between that coaching staff and this coaching staff. Doug's doing this. Showing complete leadership. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. This team has come a long way. I'm very proud of the guys. They put themselves in a position to do something really great and to turn this franchise around. I can't be more prouder of the players and the coaches for putting us in this position that we're in going into week 18. I came away from that going, let's go. And then I tune on Nick Sirianni, uh, Shane Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon, and I see this. Well, you know, I should have did better in the zone presses. and Yeah. You know, we should have ran the ball more. And, you know, I don't know if Jalen's playing. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. There wasn't one thing confident coming out of their voices. Well, 
you know, you know, I, you know, I don't know of any information on what we're going to do with Jalen yet. Okay. Next guy. Well, I should have played more press coverage. You know, we did a better job in the second half. Well, Andy Dalton was 81%. I know I need to do a better job of coaching. Okay. Then the other guy gets up there. Yeah. Well, you know, I should have ran the ball. I'm going. <laughs> you're answering questions about losses and why your play calling is shitty in week 17. And that guy's talking about motivating for a division title in week 18. I, I mean, it was just a polar opposite listening to those two guys. I couldn't believe, I mean, I didn't know. I thought that I thought the Jags were 13 and three. I mean, I, I, I thought I was listening to a 13 and three Jags and I looked down, I go, Oh, they're, they're eight and eight. Okay. They got a shot at going nine and eight. That's incredible after what they did a year ago. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like, what in the world is going on? Okay. How about my boy, Justin Herbert, man? That is a signal caller. Wow. You know what? Let me look at Justin Herbert. I got to look at that guy's numbers, man. You talk about a guy in his first three years, finally pulled that team. Justin Herbert's stats. Let me take a look at this. Holy cow. Look at this, man. So here's Justin Herbert's first three years in in the National Football League. And you tell me if you think this guy's a good player or not. Xander, check it out. We got one more game left. So this is what he's done this year. 4,466 passing yards. And he has... He has more... He has more completions. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Jalen Hurts has attempts. And he's at 68-3 percentage on completion percentage. And he's thrown the ball 662 times. Jalen's got 450-some-odd attempts. This guy's got 662. And he's thrown... For just shy of 14,000 yards in three years. 14,000 yards in three years. Good grief. (laughs) Now, you're right. He sucks. (laughs) Hey, Dan. Need one word that describes the Eagles coaching staff. Amateur. Amateur. Dan, on a side note, your interview with David Hill was your best interview in 2022, as good as I've seen. David, thank you. 
I'm glad you know who David Hill is. He's one of the most influential people um, of all time. And I'm, I'm, hey, get this. I'm working on Rupert Murdoch. That's the guy who's his boy. He hired him away from Sky Sports, you know? And so he goes, Rupert, man, getting him to do anything is a chore. Just like it is with The Rock. I have not surrendered that. Because of the XFL starting soon, we're going to be getting him on. I just, we got a big 2023 lined up, man. I'm working on Rupert Murdoch and I'm working on The Rock for us here to come on the National Football Show. So those guys will be coming. Remember something about Big Sills I never surrender. Unlike Jonathan Gannon, who surrenders press coverage, I never surrender. <laughs> okay? I never surrender. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, man. I'm watching. I'm watching all the press. Go- I'm watching Brian Dable talk about the Giants and where they are. I like Barrett Brooks's uh, comment, Xander. That comment that Barrett had today about Giants—they're like last year's version of the Eagles. They weren't supposed to be here. They kind of look like last year's version of the Eagles. Daniel Jones has gotten better. I think they're going to re-sign him. I think they're going to re-sign him. I think he's done enough. Would, would I re-sign Daniel Jones? Yeah. Would I still draft a quarterback? Maybe not in the first round. Maybe not in the first round. He's a very functional player, man. He's a functional guy. 3,500 passing yards, almost 70% completion percentage, 700 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. 15 in the air. He's like Jalen Hurts was a year ago. If you guys think Jalen Hurts is good as a dual threat guy, why wouldn't, hey, why wouldn't you think Daniel Jones is good? He's got the same numbers as Jalen Hurts did last year. Identical. And he's got more wins. Oh, no, he's got as many wins as Jalen. Why wouldn't you think Daniel Jones is good? Daniel Jones is last year's version of Jalen Hurts. Same numbers. A little bit more passing. Okay? He's probably going to throw for 3,600 yards. He'll have more passing yards than what Jalen did. He's more of a passer. Okay, but he's 700 rushing. Seven times. His percentage, his completion percentage is superior to Jalen's last year. Jalen was at 61 Brian, what what am I saying that's wrong? Daniel Jones is last year's version. Here, the numbers speak to that. I know what Jalen did. He was at 31-43 a year ago. He had 16 touchdowns, and he was at 61 completion percentage. Daniel Jones stats. Really? Okay, well, let's take a look at that. Here is Daniel Jones. Let's see how old he is. Okay, he's 25. Here's Daniel Jones. 3205. Jalen was 3100 last year. He's 67 completion percentage. Jalen was 61. This guy's got 707 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. What are you not seeing? That's exactly what Jalen Hurts did last year. And they won nine games this year, the Giants. What are you talking about? 
Dimes Jones is 25. He came out early out of Duke. He's not. He's 25, man. It says it right here. He's 25 years old. He's 20. Hey. You guys forget Jalen was redshirted. How old is Jalen Hurts? He's 24. Hurts is 24. Jones is 25. Oh, good. Yale, right? He had the 2021 year that Jalen had and put his team into playoffs with better coaching. I think he's three years in now. Remember, he came out early. He came out early, right? Yeah, I, 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 he was a junior when he left. Jalen was a redshirt senior when he left Oklahoma. Daniel Jones stats. Jones was 21 when he came in the league. He was 21 years old. Coaching matters. Look at Brian Dave. Look at what Brian Dable has done to two quarterbacks that he. Wait a minute. Xander, am I right? Brian Dable was at Alabama too? So Brian Dable had Jalen Hurts at Alabama, had Josh Allen in Buffalo, and Daniel Jones in New York, and they've all been successful. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. He was, I have to confirm what year. I think the year we lost in the national championship. Clemson, right? Deshaun Watson. That w- I think that was the Deshaun Watson loss, right? When he was at Clemson. Dude, Brian Dable had done a remarkable job with Daniel Jones. Yes, when Hurts lost to Watson. Okay. <laughs> then Joe Burrow put up 18 touchdowns on him in the semifinal game when he was at Oklahoma. I hate when people put bring that up. You know, he did get the team to the semifinals. And yeah, Joe Burrow waxed a room with him. Yeah. I think he threw for 700 yards and 18 touchdowns. I mean, LSU and my boy, the skirt chaser. I love him to death. You know, I love me some Ed Ogeron. Hey, everybody, how you doing? He's my boy. Yeah, I love Ogeron, man. I hope he gets a good gig somewhere. He don't need it. LSU paid him $30 million out the door. Would you take a job? Would you want to go back to work if somebody gave you $30 million? I told you this, man. Somebody gave me $30 million. I would buy an island, live there. There'd be two boats, okay? No bridges. No one would find me, and I would never see another soul again except my family. I just would, oh, my God. I would go away. You won't have to worry about big sales. $30 million, never find me again. Never see me again. <laughs> like, ever. Where's Dan? 
I think he's in a canoe somewhere down in the Keys. Sills Island. I like it. Okay? You give me 30 million bucks. Holy cow, man. Big Sills is on an island. I got the beard growing. Hair would be all down and everything. I'd be fatter. Man, I'd be eating coconuts. You know? <laughs> hey, I'd be eating off the land. Oh, man, I'd be doing everything stupid. <laughs> hey, Brian, right? People are overrated sometimes, man. They always let you down. <laughs> Siliconese Island. <laughs> Custom jet ski. Hey, Johnny, we'd have to maybe have two jet skis for big sills. It, it maybe have to be a catamaran. <laughs> hey, we, look at this guy. Hey, we'll raise $30 million for you, sills, and get you on that island and get the hell off the air. <laughs> ah. Hey, hey, right? <laughs> 5573, thank you very much, man. Sills, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put a GoFundMe page together. We're going to get you your money so we can get you the hell out of here. <laughs> You're killing me, kid. I can't. I, you know what? I don't know what. See, the people that come here now, I, I get it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like methamphetamines. I can't stop doing it, man. I can't stop snorting the cilia line. I can't. I don't know what it is. This guy's got me addicted now. I'm like a drug. I get it. Or a foot fungus, however you want to, however you want to approach it. Wait, you killed Jones the week we played them. Now you're saying you would keep him. Yeah. He's a, hey, so S. Blunt, this is a prime example of what I'm talking about. You must be 70 years old. You have to be. Because that's old school sports. The reason that my takes change is because players get better or worse. Jalen's gotten better. He's gotten better. That's why some of my takes have changed. Is is that hard to follow? If a guy gets better, you want me to still be Skip Bayless and say the guy is uh, no clutch gene? LeBron by February, mid-February, is going to be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Who in their right mind would go on the air and go, well, he sucks? Who who would say that? Now, I would say this. He's not Jordan. Yeah, I'll take Jordan over him. But if you had to start a basketball team, you would take possibly, you'd probably or maybe take LeBron. He could play all five positions. If you had to take a shot to win a game, you'd take Jordan or Kareem. Jalen got better, so did the roster. Yeah, but you know what one of these guys wants me to do? You hated him at the beginning of the year. Well, he got better. The Giants got better. Daniel Jones got better. I mean, they got better. If my if my take changes, Xander, when we first started with you guys, Xander kept going, you said this yesterday. Well, the player threw for a hundred yards and he didn't play very well. He threw for 350 yards this week. What am I supposed to say? He sucked. He, what am I supposed, and by the way, I've not really ever changed my 
overall take on Jalen because of the style of play. It's not him. He's gotten better. Justin Fields got better. My point was never that. You know what my point was? You can't count on that. You can't count on it. (laughs) Xander goes, yeah, there's more to it, though, Sills. (laughs) Big, yes, hey, Saquon Barkley, hey, Saquon Barkley being healthy, absolutely. How about Hassan Reddick? We were hating on him like nobody else. Right, and now I'm going to probably put him in my top three for for, uh, defensive player of the year. You think I could dispute 17 sacks? Jesus, Domi. Oh, do you think I'm an idiot? The guy's got 17 sacks. He's outplayed Michael Parsons. Your two receivers got 1K. What would you like me to say here? Right? What would you like me to say? I told you Reddick was that guy. Well, he wasn't early. And by the way, you know the problem with the defense is Reddick. The problem with the defense, Reddick's part of it. Oh, it's going to be easy to attack the Eagle defense in the postseason. Brady will see it, and so will Rodgers. Ooh. Oh, my God. It's so easy to see. Oh, it's so easy to attack your defense. Oh, my God. For a guy like Brady and Rodgers, you guys can't even handle Dak and Andy Dalton <laughs> and, and Tyler Heineke. You think you're going to handle Rodgers, who's playing better now with the Packer defense and team? They still put 35 on you. Even with Rodgers, they still put 33, 35 points on you. And with you having lesser of a team, Packers will beat you. Okay, you weren't, you're not the same. T- hey, Lane Johnson was on that team. So was Avante Maddox. You don't have them guys anymore. You're not the same team, dude. You can't even, hey, you can't even beat the Saints five-win team. I don't. You're, you've lost two straight ball games. Don't make, hey, I don't make it three straight. Holy cow. Sky is falling for sure. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Monday if that football team loses three straight in home field advantage? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I don't know. I may have to call in sick because I'm not a therapist. Philly will need a therapist, man. I don't know, Xander. I'm, I, I, hey, <laughs> I don't know, man. If you lose on Sunday to the Giants, whew, man. Mm. I made you start the first hour of the show not saying anything. <laughs> just watch you guys just vent. You imagine that if you lose home field and you have to go on the road and you have to play Brady or Rodgers. You got to make it tougher to get back to being tough. Any given Sunday, you better hope not. You better hope not. Yeah, he, do you know what the problem with your defense is now? Can I tell you what the hole in your defense is? Damn, the Novacare Center guys, watch this. Novacare Center guys, watch this. Should I tell them? 
Should I help him again? Hey, do you see Nick in the press conference what he was saying too? You never want to get too high. Hey, Xander, I was quoted in the press conference. You never want to get too high or you never want to get too low. <laughs> I said that a few days ago about Nicky. And now he's going around telling everybody he doesn't. Oh, that was a first. Do you want me to help him? All right, I'll help him. You ready? I'm going to help him. Hassan Reddick's part of the problem. Okay? He's part of the problem. The Eagles have been sensational this year on sacks, have they not? Impressive. It is really impressive on what they've done on sacks. But here's what the flaw is in the defense and in Jonathan Gannon's scheme that everyone now is caught up with. Remember, these coordinators are brilliant. They're brilliant. Here's exactly how, and this is what Dallas and New Orleans have done, and this is what kind of Washington did, putting that game plan together. They know your linebackers can't cover tight ends or backs out of the backfield. They can't. They're incapable. And when you have Reddick lined up and he's covering tight ends and backs out of the backfield or TJ or Kaiser, they can't. And there's a hole in the zone. Your safeties are musical chairs. Your corners don't play press. They play zone. And there's a hole in the middle of the defense. That's why these tight ends that you've never heard of are eating them alive and high percentage plays are being made against the defense. The last two weeks, you surrendered 77% and 81%. That's going to continue. Now, it may not this weekend because the Giants are not going to play their frontline guys. I don't think. Remember, Jones is 67% completion percentage. He can find the open guy. If, if Daniel Jones was playing in this game the way that Brian Dable, the first time around, you guys embarrassed the Giants the first time around. Well, you embarrassed Washington the first time around. They're going to know what to look for. The best coaches in the NFC East are in Washington and in New York. They're not in Philly. They're not in Philadelphia. They're in Washington and New York. You got two coaches that were head coaches in other places in Washington. Organization's a shit show. And in New York, you got quality coaches that came from that Bill staff that Brian Dable put together offensively. Won't be the same team. But again, They'll probably you'll probably watch the Giants because they're not going to play their guys. But it's it, it's simple. Go back and look at the go back to YouTube or however you guys watch the game. Watch what the Dallas Cowboys did and watch what the Saints did. I didn't, I've never heard of the Saints tight end. I've never heard of the guy. This guy was catching passes all over the joint. I never heard of. I mean, Olave, I I heard of, but the rest of those guys, I never heard of them guys. They were completing passes all over. Andy Dalton was 13 to 13. They went on a 15 play drive right out of the gate. I was like, that game is over. Do you, do you understand? When it went 15 play in the opening drive and they took 934 off the clock in the first quarter and Minshew went three and out, I said, there's no way the Eagles are winning this game. I, 
I, I went, no way. But I went like this. When it came out of halftime and they started trying to establish the run, I said, maybe they get back into it. Nope, they got away from it. They did some other dumb shit. Then the pick six happened and it was game. Maniac goes, Gardner Minshew's trash. Well, if you knew he was trash, why didn't you run the ball? Why didn't you run the ball? Let's see. Ron didn't know the playoff implications. Yeah, but he knew how to beat the Eagles. Will Kelly, look at that. Will Kelly doesn't understand. The two coaches were asked the other day on game day, Will. Um, Sonny Dykes was asked, and so was um, Kirby Smart. Do you know where game day is today? You know what Kirby Smart, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs said? Sorry, dude, I have no idea where you are. I'm watching game film on TCU. Sonny Dykes went, I'm assuming you're at the Rose Bowl. Is that right? It's game being played today? Both coaches had no idea where they were. They didn't even know a bowl game was being played. They're so t- focused in on the national championship game Monday night. They had no idea where game day was. And they were doing live hits. Coaches don't know that shit. They don't work it out playoff implications. That shit Nick Sirianni does. He, he, he follows that stuff. A good coach barely knows what their record is. Because each week, whether, as you guys point out, 13 and 3, those guys don't do that. Good teams don't talk about their record. Good teams go out and win and have one season games every week. Seriously, when you're on a good team, you don't worry about your record. That's irrelevant. You know every week you go out, you're going to win a game. You don't worry about that shit. And when you lose, it's monumental. It's monumental. I had the fortune of playing on one of the greatest college football teams of all time. I lost one game in three years. When we lost, it was a big deal. I lost one regular season game in three years. And when you lose, you're like, holy shit. Dude, I remember that loss more than I do the great wins we had. You do. You remember your loss. When you're at a place like Alabama or Georgia now, you remember your losses. You don't remember your wins. Because there's so few. I tell people this all the time about Mariano Rivera. Dude. You know how you gauge Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer in the history of baseball? I remember Mariano giving it up to the Diamondbacks or to the Red Sox when they came back three love. Because those were moments that you were shocked that he gave it back. You were shocked. You were shocked. Only fans and media talk about their record, Dan. Absolutely. That's why you never hear. That's why when you guys keep bringing that record up. Okay, great. Yeah, but you ain't. Hey, you want to Here's something that's crazy, though. The year that the uh, Patriots went undefeated, they got beat by a 10-6 and six giant team in the Super Bowl. 10-6. and six. Who was better? Yeah, but the Patriots unbeaten okay well they had an l at the end of that year and they were 17 and one <laughs> 17 and one hell of a year but the giants were champs 
Hey, man, but wait a minute. What about our record? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> what about it? Dan, I believe Rodgers can beat Hurts in a playoff game. Tough, you think? Shit, do you see what Brady did to that Jonathan Gannon system? It's not so much Hurts. Here, watch this. Oh, I wrote down the – here are the quarterbacks that Jonathan Gannon is going to have to put a game plan against. Here they are. Here are the NFC, as of today, the NFC quarterbacks that you're going to have to play. Brock Purdy. He's on a really good team, though. He's got a hell of a coach in Kyle Shanahan. Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady versus Jonathan Gannon. How's that sound? Tom Brady, it's like David and Goliath, right? Tom Brady, Jonathan Gannon. Man, he'll dissect that guy's defense. You'll think he's a surgeon. Gee, Tom Brady, man, he's very surgical. (laughs) Well, you don't have to be very surgical against Jonathan Gannon. He's got his guts open already before the game started. He's so predictable, it's stupid. Emmanuel, Sills, have you heard the rumor the NFL potentially adding an eighth seed? to each conference, eliminating the bye. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've also heard um, that is where they may go, is take the bye away. It'd be nice to know going into the final week of the season so that the Eagles could rest their guys anyway. And the number one seed, how important would it be then? Emmanuel, I have heard that. But that would be completely unfair to the NFC side Um, This whole thing, man, I mean, really, it's taken really, the NFL has a lot to think about. You just, I I think going by win percentage is an awful idea. You guys always bring, don't you guys always bring this up to me? Sills, head to head. Well, the Bengals and Bills beat the Chiefs. Why should they benefit? Why should the Chiefs benefit from a guy almost dying on the field? Why should they benefit? It doesn't make sense. And then, what if you say this? Well, we're going to take the buy away in the AFC, okay? You're going to take the buy away from a team that legitimately, like the Bills or the Chiefs, that could have won it, and you're just going to eliminate the buy? Under who? This is where the Players Association blows. They have no strength. They have absolutely no strength. Now, you want to add an extra team? So what does that mean? If you add an extra team, so who gets in? The Lions? Jared Goff's had a great year. Okay? Who would you add over on the AFC? Jets? Patriots? That's a lot to think about. Okay? It's a lot to think about. So you have Brady. You have Rodgers. You have cousins. You took care of him pretty well. Dimes Jones. Dak beat the pants off him. And, of course, Hurts is in. So here would be your quarterbacks. Brady, Rodgers, Cousins, Purdy, Dimes Jones, Dak, and Hurts. Let me rank these quarterbacks. Let's rank the quarterbacks for the postseason. 
Brady, one. Rodgers, two. Jalen, three. Dak, four. Cousins, five. Jones, six. Purdy, seven. I don't know anything about Purdy. No disrespect to him. He just came into the scene. No disrespect. By the way, that's not a ranking of the teams. It's the ranking of the quarterbacks. So you go Brady, one. Rodgers, two. Dak, three. And that go Hurts, three. Dak, four. Cousins, five. Jones, six. And Purdy, seven. It'd be your ranking. I think that's fair. Go! The GOAT! Xander wants to see the GOAT in the opening round. (laughs) The GOAT. Who do you get in the opening round of your divisional round? Tom Brady. In Tampa. (laughs) So you have to go to Tampa. (laughs) Xander goes like this. If that happens... See you in 2023 at the draft party. <laughs> ah, big sales. I'm hoping you go. My 500 Christmas chat sent late. Hope you got my 500, my $50 Christmas chat sent late. Oh, that's awful nice of you, man. Thank you. Sydney, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. Thank you very much, man. Absolutely. You guys are great, man. Goes in, hey, you know, you know what it goes into? What's that thing that Greg Williams had down in New Orleans? It goes into the bounty bowl. <laughs> we got a bounty bowl at Jacob Sports, man. It goes all that money goes into the bounty bowl. It goes into the bounty bowl. That's not Sydney, you're awesome, man. You all of you guys are. Even the ones like Bone that give me a ton of shit. It's all good. Gannett's game plan in Detroit made me crap myself. Hey, Maddie, and actually, too, Jared Goff has played pretty damn impressively, hasn't he? He's played pretty good, right? Xander's secret stash <laughs> goes down to South Philly. Hey, 20 gets you 30. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. My boy, Philly 500. He's going to join us at 5.30 Eastern time. We'll take a look at week 18 of the National Football League. Some of these, dude, I'm, I'm going to promise every single Eagle fan something about a legendary Eagle. Enough is enough. I have some, I'm not going to say I have say in who gets picked for the Hall of Fame, but I do have some influence. I'll explain. Please hit the like button. Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, I'm Jim Neilbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard. My boy, Philly 500, will join me at 5.30 Eastern time. Yes, sir. Hey, it's great news to hear that uh, even more positive news is coming out of Cincinnati, Ohio, on DeMar Hamlin and his health. He's trying to communicate by talking now. The Bills have been in constant contact. There's been personnel there from Buffalo, Cincinnati's been there as well um, to see how the outpouring is um, from the two teams and the players is absolutely awesome. By the way, 
I posted something yesterday, fully knowing full well that the NFL is not going to not take care of this kid. So here's the problem that you have, though. So because of what happened on national television, you know the video with Ray Rice when Ray Rice smacked his girlfriend and now wife in the face and punched her like that? Or when uh, Kareem Hunt kicked that woman and was suspended and then got a job in Cleveland? What happened? It was the video. Everyone witnessed what happened to DeMar on the field. That's how the NFL responds. And where I'm going with this is this. The National Football League is now going to treat this player like he's a vested player. He's only played two years. He has to play four years to be a vested player. Or you only get five years of benefits. So the NFL, because of what happened on national television, this is the only reason they're doing this. Do you know how many countless players are relying on the National Football League to try to take care of them for the efforts that they put into the league and build the league. And the league just constantly just doesn't care. But they'll take care of DeMar because DeMar's a national story. Rightfully so. This is nothing really about Lamar, about DeMar. It's more about the league. So they take care of this kid. What about the countless thousands that they don't? Doesn't that put a center a center spotlight on the rest of what the problem is. Why would it just be for him? Oh, I know why. Because it was on national television. What about the rest of the men? Don't you think Andre Waters would like to have had some mental health care? He couldn't afford it. How about Dave Durson? How about Junior Seau? How about all those men that took their life? How about those guys? What happened to them? About Mike Webster, who drank battery acid so that he could kill himself. And then they could do a um, research on his brain. What about those guys? I guess they're lost in translation. Okay? I mean, what happened to them men? What happened to those guys? Oh, I see. DeMar happened on national television, on national spotlight, and on a Monday night football game. So that's why they take care of him and not the rest of us. And again, it's not about the kid. It's about the system. I'm not hating the player. I'm hating the game. The NFL doesn't see shit like that. They'll Get this. They'll rush to take care of DeMar Hamlin. But they weren't rushing to try to take care of Andre Waters, who blew his brains out. They weren't trying to help him. Andre Waters lived in Tampa when I was there. You know, you guys had another guy that was a dear friend of mine. His name was Tom McHale. He played just a couple of years in Philly. He was my teammate in college and in the Buccaneers. I was with him the night before he killed himself. His wife called me. Dan, have you seen Tom? I was with him yesterday. She goes, no, I know he had lunch with you at his restaurant. And I was like okay, can you please help me look for him? Of course I'll help you look for him. Well, they found him in a hotel room and he had, he had OD'd. League didn't give a shit about him. But we care about DeMar, right? And again, rightfully so. 
See, that's the right thing to do. But see, people don't do the right thing all the time. That's the right thing to do. But that cost money. There's 16,000 NFL football players, past and present, that live today. It's a $20 billion a year business. You can't give these guys, all of them, health benefits for the rest of their lives. <laughs> That's my problem with the game. My problem with the game is the game that the owners play inside the game. Oh, my God, the outpouring of the fa- – Dude, do you know what? I believe this. If a player in Philadelphia – Let me say, who's one of your favorite football players? Let me say this to you. If something tragically had happened to Nick Foles when he got hit by that jackass up in New York, Kayvon Thibodeau doing that snow dance. What a, I'll tell you what, man. Let me say this to you. Some of them guys who play with Nick – I don't know, man. In Philadelphia, I'd be looking for that guy, Kayvon Thibodeau. I'd like to take a piece of his ass, man. I surely would. Doing, I mean, it, it, it was insulting. I would look for him. I would totally look for him. You better not be standing by a pile, son. He, he's, by the way, he's, he's got, he's got a hit on him. Someone's gonna see him standing around a pile and knock his ass out. Watch, I'm promising you. Because somebody who played with Foles is not going to take kindly to that. It's a rough enough sport. It's a rough enough sport. You don't need a tool doing that. You don't need a tool doing that. Tell you what, man, Kelsey, I think Kelsey would take that guy's ass out. It really, really, really just unprofessional. Okay. He didn't know Foles was injured, GT says. That's not the point, dude. Respect your guys that are out there at all times. He didn't know he was hurt. Respect your opponent. Okay? Celebrating is cool. Did you hear his comments too in the locker room? He followed up being an asshole. He doubled down on it. He did. I heard him. Hey, by the way, GT, I'm with you. Some guys, they don't know. what, But when you double down on it, you're a tool. No respect for you, maniac. Zero respect for you. (laughs) Okay? No respect for you. (laughs) Here's the truth that the players wanted to change. What they want, they could just say, I'm not playing. Cody, it's funny you should say that. That's exactly what they did Monday night. Did you hear what um, uh, Zach Taylor said? He went over and talked to Sean McDermott. Did you hear what McDermott told him? McDermott went like this. I can't coach this game. I got to be with DeMar. I can't. I cannot coach this game. You know what Zach Taylor said, the head coach of the uh, Bengals? He went just like this. I had so much respect for Sean McDermott. Right there, it showed me who he was, how he handles his team, what kind of man he was. 
and I knew immediately right there, nor could I. We felt the same way in our own locker room. We felt for those guys. Our guys were distraught too. D. Higgins was inconsolable. They were all that way. And McDermott's first words out of his mouth, I can't coach this game. I got to be with him. I, I can't be here. This is not right. You got five minutes to warm up. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> I got five minutes to warm up? I got five minutes to warm up. That's what happens when you got people 2,000 miles trying to dictate what's going on on the field. They should have shut their faces and stayed out of it and let the on-site people tell them what was going on. They should have been leading the charge, not New York. But you see, when New York leads the charge, they usually lead into a dark tunnel. Then they have to do all the damage control when they see that they didn't make some of the right moves. Five minutes. Then they try walking it back. They try calling Joe Buck a liar. Joe Buck went, that's not true. Now they look stupid. You covered a lot. They, they, they called it? I think the players and the team called it. It's messed up. I, I, I see our internet is going. To, hopefully it comes back here. I apologize again, guys. Dude, I'm, I, I feel for T. Higgins too, man. I, I, hey, Savy goes, Bart Scott blamed T. Higgins was completely ridiculous. Yeah, I saw that bite too. And I, I really have a lot of respect for Bart. But come on. You think that T. Higgins sleep that night going, I'm going to try to paralyze DeMar Hamlin. Come on, man. It was an unfortunate scenario that could happen to anybody on a field. Being anybody for that hit is stupid. It was stupid. And again, this goes back to the, um, the Skip Bayless tweet. Dude, give yourself a little time to let the kid heal. Let's see what happens to him. It's been remarkable news today. It's been rewarding news today. It's been great news. We're all comforted. You know what? This makes the sport bigger. You know why? Now that you know that a player can die on the field, NFL is even more popular than ever before. What you, you know, I, I, a, a Xander, that guy that you have on from WIP who does weekends is fantastic. Is fantastic. He, he, that, what's his name? Selkie? He's, he is really great. I mean, he's got great takes. He has, he, he, Silski, he, hey, dude, he's, he's really good. I like him, but you know what those guys were trying to, you know what those guys were trying to talk about? He's an acquire reporter. He's fabulous. I love listening to him because he kind of echoes coming to shit that I say, but you know what? You know what they were trying to say? Well, what, what do you think is going to happen to the league now? The league is not going to, I mean, players are not, you're not going to have parents pl- wanting to play um, football. You're not going to, are you kidding me? The sport's more popular today after that tragedy on Monday than ever before. You'll have more people tuning in to the fact that you can die in this game too. It's a gladiator sport for real. Wait a minute. You can actually die in this thing. What do you think they watch auto racing for? 
What, because they go left for three hours? Boxing? UFC? What, do you think because of the strategy and the pugilism? More people will watch this thing than ever before. You're not going to have, the game will be more popular. It's not going to be less popular. Dude, now that you know someone can die, bets are off. This thing is just, that's some of the, that's that publicity makes the league more popular, not less popular. Because now there's a danger factor to it. Now there's drama. This was a drama week. The National Football League has owned the press and headlines every single day since last Thursday. This is water cooler stuff. You're going sills. But it was a tragedy. Amen. Never let a tragedy ever hurt publicity. Oh, you guys are going, well, wait a minute. What are you saying here, Dan? Are you under the thought process that the NFL cares about these guys or uses these guys? I'm sorry to tell you this stuff. You and me as human beings care about the kid as a leak. You take it forever what you will. A lot of people in the world, including me, have empathy. You're not a billionaire with empathy. Billionaires don't have empathy. Okay? They don't cut the best deals for their business partners. Empathy is you and me in the world. We have empathy. Sydney goes, DeMar's injury was in the Australian news. Holy cow, the NFL had news all over the world with this. It was mainstream media, too. They dominated. It was all over the news. CNN, Tucker Carlson, go all over the place. Headlines everywhere. And now that the kid's coming around, this thing will be a Pied Piper's dream. It was also in the Japanese news. This was a world event. They don't cover NFL games in Japan. <laughs> they cover something like this. Oh, you don't buy it, huh? Really? Okay. They took whatever story they can, like the Kaepernick, um, someone, someone, the Sean Watson story, um, the Damar Hamlin, people who get hurt, Joe Theismann, what have you. Those stories are gold for the NFL. So you think the sport's going to be less popular because of monday don't kid yourself remember when ryan newman got into that horrific accident at daytona you remember that how the world was circling around social media and everything nascar had two things go on that year talladega with the ropes and 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 that thing with ryan newman Nobody who you couldn't tell me that year who won dates. I, I remember Ryan Newman knowing that accident. I, I I couldn't tell you. 
who won at Homestead that year. But I remember Ryan Newman going to that horrific accident and him walking out with his children out of Daytona Medical. Remember that picture? Daytona made sure and NASCAR made sure they had the picture of him walking in bare feet with his daughters walking out of the hospital three days later. I couldn't tell you who won the 500 that year, but I remember that scene. I remember that scene. The vaccine. Stop with that shit. Good night. Or how about that? It's another good point, Yale. Well, how about when a guy gets hurt in a hockey game? Guy falls to the ice. Somebody goons somebody. Nobody talks about the NHL anymore. They only talk when a guy gets gooned. When a guy gets hit in the head with a stick. What was his name? Donald Brashear? Remember when Donald Brashear hit that guy in the face? That's the only time they covered the NHL that year. This game is brutal. These guys use sticks. He should be arrested. That was gold for the NHL. Remember when Brashear did that? Nobody talked about who. I couldn't tell you who won the cup that year. I remember Donald Brashear that year, though. Or how about even when Lindros got knocked out by Stevens? I'll tell you what, man. I... I know the Devils because I'm kind of a Devil fan. I got like some pucks up here from like, um, I got some pucks. I forget which one. I think um, the goaltender gave me a puck, a signed puck from the uh, from the Devils. Anyway, I remember when Stevens knocked out Lindros and he's laying on, he's laying on the ice in the emblem of the Flyers, just sitting there in the middle. Shit, I had that as a screensaver for a while. I love Scott Stevens. I had that as a screensaver. Lindros on the ice. <laughs> hey, I'm friends with Scott Stevens. Marty Brodeur, that's who I got. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Yeah, that was a screensaver. For like three years, Lindros knocked out. <laughs> Stevens told him three times, lift your head up, son. Lift your head up. Third time, he knocked him out. Third time he knocked him out. <laughs> Zero reason for the shot. That's how the Devils won back then, bro. Well, you think the Devils were fantastic uh, scores? They had Niedermeyer and Gomez. And outside, and outside of that, the rest of them were goons. Claude Lemieux, Scott Stevens. Those guys were all goons. And they were great blue line guys. Come on, man. That's a, that team was a modern-day version of the Flyers uh, Flyers back in the day of Bobby Clark. They weren't goal scorers. They had a great goaltender, knocked you out, and scored timely goals and were tremendous on, the, tremendous on power plays. Dude, that's unbelievable. The Bednarik hit. Oh, it's another great one. Just Stevens was a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> Scotty's got three cups, and he's the captain of that team. Played at Medicine Hat Canada, man. You know, when he won the Stanley Cup for the final time as a member of the Devils, he sent me a medicine hat where he started his career. He was a medicine hat guy. Oh, man, I love Scott Stevens. Oh, 
And you call him that word, he's probably why I like him. <laughs> okay. I hated Stevens. I love Stevens. Oh, man. What a great dude. I've never seen a guy knock more guys out in my life than him. He'd be illegal today. Like, he couldn't play in the NFL. Scott Stevens was such a hitter. <laughs> dude, I used to turn on games watching Devil Games just to watch Scott Stevens knock guys out. Now they, you know, they got Dale Flores running around now, and you got little guys, Marty St. Louis. All them dudes can play now because they took the instigator rule out. No instigator rule, and, you know, now they clean the game up. They clean the game up so much, no one watches it. Am I right, Yale? The NHL cleaned the game up so much, no one watches it. Philly 500 is going to join us in a couple minutes here. Wonder what his take is going to be on this Eagle team. Philly 500 and a scholar. Oh, wow. I can't wait to bring that to him. Philly 500 is a scholar? Huh. Yeah, right? Not wrong, am I? I got a puck in here from. I think I got a puck from Scott Stevens, too. Scott signed a bunch of shit for me. Oh, man. Every time I saw him when he came to Tampa, he'd get me seats. I'd sit up in a booth and watch. And I'm, you know, I've covered him fighting for years. And every time that guy came, man, him and Ty Domi. <laughs> Is it? Hey, do you guys, I'm starting to I'm, I'm see a pattern here. Dan, who are your friends in the NHL? Well, Bobby Orr is a dear friend. I got a great picture of me and Bobby post every now and then. Bobby Orr is a dear friend of mine. He's a very close friend. And um, Ty Domi and Scott Stevens. Maybe there's a pattern there. I don't know. All right. I don't know, man. I never heard anybody call me a scholar. People are calling Philly 500 a scholar? Holy cow. Well, hopefully he can bring some some of his knowledge to what's happened the last couple weeks here. I mean, you're being called a scholar now, like you're Socrates or some shit. I mean, I'm very impressed with your, your guys calling you a scholar. Well, I do calculate the calculations of the cornbread, so I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I'll take it. Nobody's ever called me a scholar before, so I'll take it. No complaints here. Even though it's not true, but I'll take it. How was your holiday, brother? Oh, it was good. It was great. Except except for uh, they ran out of eggnog. All the stores were out of eggnog. There was an eggnog shortage. No, so I, I had just shortage? enough to get through Christmas. Nothing for New Year's, so I'm a little bitter about that. You know, but what are you going to do? Are you bitter about the way your birds are playing? Uh, are you I'm concerned? Worried. <laughs> I, I, I am concerned? and I'm not. I am and I'm not. A little bit of both. Because part of, of why I think they're struggling is, one, I don't think, you know, not having Jalen Hurts play last week was a big deal. I, I, I'm sorry, but Minshew stinks. All right? He stinks. Pick six. Six minutes left in the game, you're down three, throws a pick six. That can't happen. That can't happen. Now, the coaches didn't do a good job either. But I, I think the injuries are what has me concerned. 
Um, you know, but I think as, if Jalen Hurts comes back, I, I think we'll be fine. But uh, nobody can tell me that Jalen Hurts does not affect this team. Is not the MVP of this of this team because obviously this is a different offense with him not on the field. Well, to that point, okay, it's a different offense with Hurts in there. Why would the coaching staff run the Jalen Hurts system with Gardner Mitchell? You're running RPOs with a guy who can't jump over a stack of quarters, and you saw what the outcome was. I mean, I yeah, think the coaching yeah, staff – Do you know what they're doing today, Philly? The defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator are apologizing for having a shitty game plan. You know what Doug Peterson is doing? Doug Peterson's talking about a great moment where we have a chance to win a division title and very proud of right. his players and his quarterback and his team and what they're doing. It, it, it just shows me a little bit – on varsity coaches and experienced coaches, I mean, I don't really think they've done a good job of coaching, not just for the Saints game. I don't think mm-hmm. they've done it the last three weeks. Do you agree or disagree? I I agree. I, I agree, especially I, I think you're right about the whole um, using Minshew uh, not the right way, you know, Ch- not changing your offense at all to fit Minshew's skill set, although I still think he's not that good. Uh, I think they, you know, if they would have just ran the ball more in that game versus New Orleans, I think they win. So I, I do think that that the coaches do deserve a lot of a lot of blame for that. You know, I, I mean, listen, I was kind of pissed off at Gannon early in that game. The Saints go down, have an eight minute drive, go down, score a touchdown to come back with the second drive. They move the ball, but he adjusted. He did what he had to do to adjust. The offense never did anything. Miles Sanders, twelve carries. Kenneth Gainwell, two. Uh, Balls has got two. Uh, obviously, a uh, horrible game plan. I'll ask you this. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have the best cornerback duo in the NFL? Yeah, I, I, I think it's up there. Okay, well, I then do. let me ask you this. Why would your defensive coordinator surrender man coverage <laughs> and only play zone coverage <laughs> and never in a million years? And I hear, let me expand on it more here. So if you have the best cornerback duo and you don't play any press coverage, they did a little bit in the second half against the Saints, Mm -hmm. but majority of the year they've played zone. The last two weeks, Dak Prescott is 77% completion percentage. Now Andy Dalton's 81%. The last two weeks, your linebackers really can't cover those tight ends. And and, and, And Philly, I keep hearing, well, the Eagles have the best corners. Well, then why does your defensive coordinator not utilize them? This I would love to know the answer to this. This is something that I literally complain about every stream I'm on. If you watch my streams, every stream I'm complaining about this. For whatever reasons, he doesn't always play man. I don't know why. When you have Bradbury, Slay, I don't know why. I don't know why you can't let Slay shadow CeeDee Lamb. Why CeeDee Lamb in the slot going up against Josiah Scott and you don't have Slay on him? Like, what takes these guys so long to adjust? It's like he comes out, he plays on, but then he'll adjust. Like you said, the second half he played more man. And what did they do? They shut him down in, in the second half. So this is one of my complaints with, with Gannon, but he's been like this since he's been there. Not, I don't think it's going to change, unfortunately. I've got a, I got a list today of the 50 top free agents in the NFL. And in the top 10, nine or three of them are Eagles. Bradbury is the fourth-ranked free agent. Javon Hardgrave is the fifth. Chauncey Gardner 
is the ninth. If you go out of the top 10, Miles is 22, TJ's 27, Brandon Graham's 29, say a model's 41, and Fletcher is 48. So eight in the top 50 are going to be high-priced free agents. Dude, James Bradbury is not coming back this coming season because he's going to demand $17 million. That's, gonna, that's an open market price for a top-flight corner. And Javon Hardgrave? Dude, he's making 12-9 now. A frontline D lineman like this with a 12 or 13 sacks at a defensive tackle position, I know they put on the table a three-year $51 million deal, but he's going to get like 65 to $68 million in the open market. This team's not going to look the same next year. Perhaps. I mean, perhaps. They, they very well might not. Uh, there's a lot of guys that they got to sign. Uh, the one thing I will say is that whether you like Hal Roseman or not, he's always very good at manipulating uh, the cap. So my hope and what I would do out of those guys you talked about, I, I, I would consider franchising James Bradbury like for one more year. Just give me one more year with him, draft a corner to come in and learn behind him. Uh, hopefully you can work out something with Hargrave. I think, I think Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Bradbury, and Hargrave are the three guys that I really want back here. But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has got to be number one because of his youth and his age. And uh, Bradbury, he's making eight thirty-six right now. He's going to yeah. get a ton of money in the he, open market. He he's is. ninth right now. Yeah, but I think I think I don't think you can let a guy like that walk. Nice age. I mean, that was his first year at safety, and and he looks like he's a player. I think Howie's going to have to figure out how to manipulate the cap. I mean, you know, we talk about signing Jalen Hurts to an extension. He's got to find a way to have it kick in. You know after this following season because i really want bradbury back for one more year uh and i i would consider franchising i swear that, I would. that's a great take and i'll tell you why it's not so much about one year on bradbury it's maybe one year on slate because he's 32 in january right and you wait and see how he plays you draft a guy you franchise tag now would you franchise tag gardner johnson or would you do bradbury i would probably i think bradbury is going to get more money so I would probably franchise Bradbury and then just sign Gardner. Uh, that, that's what I would do. And then I have two first-round picks. One of those first-round picks, I'll probably draft a cornerback. And then I have him come in and learn behind Slay and Bradbury for a year. That, that's what I would like to do. How he moves that, – that, that to me – but he, he's traditionally not used the tag. Is that correct? Yeah, What's the I, last I time remember. he used the franchise tag? Can you remember? Does any maybe somebody could throw that up? I don't there. remember off. I don't I, remember. I, off I can't remember the last time that how he has used the franchise tag. But that makes sense. I mean, I I, I could see him because, like you say, to me the the question mark is going to be Slay. Okay, right. because is Slay going to be the guy coming in at 32, 33 years of age? And is he right. going to still put up the big numbers like he, that he did this year? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I I don't know. You know, a lot of people have had problems with the way Slay has played of late. Um, I think I think Slay. I, I look at a corner like Slay, and I say, what what makes what motivates him? Like, what gets him up to for a game? What gets him to play his best? And obviously, it's when he plays the best wide receiver. So when he gets a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with a, like a Justin Jefferson, remember Monday Night Football earlier in the year, he shut him down. That's a big deal for him. He gets up for that. But you have him playing zone and he's playing some third wide receiver and their best receivers in the slot or all over the field. 
I think it I think it doesn't play uh doesn't play for him. I, I think you need to get him on the best receiver and let him go to work. Um whether next year, you know, he's got the same skill set, I don't know. But I think if you could get one more year out of Bradbury and Slay, then we can figure that out. Deshaun Jackson, Tone says, is the last time the Eagles used the franchise tag. That's a bit ago. I don't remember them using the franchise tag on, on Jackson. They might have. I just remember them cutting him, but I don't <laughs> remember the franchise tag. I'm going to ask you another it question might be. here. Now, I'm going to go here with Doug Peterson. Oh, I think it was Macklin, not Jackson. I think It, it was Macklin? Been, I think it might have been Macklin. Let me throw I'm this not, at I'm... you here. If Doug Peterson is coaching this team, you feel better going into the playoffs? By the way, let's do this here. He's won the divorce, dude. This guy's gone down to Jacksonville. They're fighting for a division title on Saturday. He's completely turned around Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. They are going to – they fired the NFL coach of the year. I think it's between him and Brian Dable on the job that the two guys have done that are going to get the most love. I think Doug has done a spectacular job a chance to win nine games, turn the damn Jags around. If he's the coach, and here's why I say, if he's the coach of this 2022 Eagle team, instead of that JV coaching staff you have, here's why I think that they win. Dude, there wouldn't have been the same game plan that they had for Gardner Minshew that they had with Jalen Hurts. When when Wentz went down, I asked Frank Reich this question last night. Did you revamp the offense? He goes, we revamped the play calling. We really didn't revamp the offense. We revamped the play calling, and we had a completely different system. The next day, they beat the Giants. He throws for four touchdowns in his first in his first start against the Giants. Right. Dude, that's experience versus inexperience. When you have a staff today apologizing for not putting players in a position, I think the coaching staff has a lot. I think there's a lot on this coaching staff going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, we're looking at you're talking about Doug Peterson, that a guy that won a Super Bowl. Guys won a Super Bowl. So, you know, um he he has that experience. He's been through it. These guys, and I've said this about Nick Sirianni and these guys all year. I, I feel like at times they're learning how to win. If you look at some of the games early in the year and they had these big leads, they didn't know how to put teams away or shut them down. Um, I think this is a team that's learning how to win. I think this is a coaching staff that's learning how to win. And now they're having to learn how to close, how to close a division. They should have had, I mean, they had three, they're up three games with three, you know, three games up, three games, three games left to play. And we're talking about going into the last week and they could blow it. Uh, That would be an all-time choke job. No question about it. But I think these guys are learning how to win because they're young coaches. I do think they're learning. Couple last questions here for you. Do you also agree with this? I mean, when you when you watch the way that they couldn't close games out, just to you know continue what you were saying, I think one of the reasons that they couldn't close games out and the way we wanted to see them close it out is because they really didn't have a game plan. And what I mean by that is your game plan can't be this, Philly. Well, Jalen, if it's not there, run. Mm-hmm. Well, that means this. Jalen Hurts covered for shitty play calling. If the play wasn't open, he takes off. Jalen did more for the enhancement of how we see that coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And they. this is why, Philly, that they didn't manage him correctly. The Chicago game is a prime example of it. The Bills saw what they did. I asked Ken Dorsey, 
did you see what they did? He goes, yeah, we weren't going to do that to Josh Allen and run him into a game where they were 31st right. against the run. Think about this, Philly. The, the, the Chicago was 31st against the run. As I said, uh, Cowboys were like 26. This, this uh, Saints team was like 24th, and they're throwing the ball. That means this. Jalen would have been running into a brick wall the last three weeks. You're going to run this guy into the IR list. Well, I mean, it kind of did, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he hurt his shoulder on on a play he shouldn't have been running. So, um, yeah, I, I think I do. I do worry about them overusing him and him running too much. I I do. It does concern me. I, I do think it's a concern, and I do think there's something to be said about how much Jalen hurts. Basically, you know, hides bad coaching or bad calls. I do think there's some truth to that. I even think there's that's part of it on the defensive side of the ball too. I, you know, people talk about the defense and all the sacks. I say, imagine if they were more aggressive on defense, uh, how much better they could be. I think they could even have better statistics than they have now. So there, there's some truth to it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't dislike Nick Sirianni though. I still, I got to give him, I got to give him some room to figure this out because I saw this guy last year totally change his offense to do what needed to be done to get that team on the right track, start running the ball and get into the playoffs. So uh, I have hope and confidence that they'll figure out these last two weeks and get it straightened out uh, going into the playoffs. Okay. Finally here receivers. I say this to you that I think AJ Brown has had a better year than the 04 TO year. And in mm -hmm. your opinion, has Devontae now finally lived up to expectations on when they drafted him. <laughs> I said I said Devontae Smith would lead this team in receptions. He is going to do it. Devontae Smith. Is, yeah, 88. He's tied a franchise record for wide receivers, Irving Fryer. So um I think I think AJ Brown's year is probably probably better statistically than Tio's. Um you know Tio, Tio had fourteen hundred yards in like twelve or thirteen games. Yeah. The um, only thing with Tio was he got hurt. He got hurt. He, got hurt he did have 14. Hey, he did have 14 touchdowns. That's yeah, he did. Two. That's true. But he also didn't have Devontae Smith on the opposite side. You know, when you have a guy of that caliber, he's going to take some some receptions and stuff from you. It's just the way it is. But if you look at Devontae Smith over the last what six weeks, I mean, he he's he's turned it on. To me, he showed exactly how good he is. And, and I think in a year or two, I think he'll be the best receiver on this team by far. Well, I think I'm a big Devontae Smith guy, man. Big I see Devontae. this, and I and I understand why they call you the scholar now. I mean, Philly <laughs> <Yes. laughs> 500, the scholar. You're the scholar yes. now, man. I mean, I know. I'm the you scholar. Know, I mean, people are like, really, like he goes, he tells the truth. He's the scholar. And I'm like, wow, man. I, yeah. That's fantastic. So now I'm going to tell my wife that. Week, I'll, they, I'll tell my wife to see I'm an idiot. Do they get yeah, home they're gonna field? Get, they're gonna get home field. I think so. I listen. I can't see. Uh, and and people get on me for saying this, but it's just the truth. The Giants aren't gonna play their starters the whole game. They're not. First of all, okay. This fourteen point spread already. So Vegas is telling us they're not playing their starters. So the the Eagles should get it, and they need it. You know, because this would be the ultimate choke job. I've never seen a team three games up with three games to go and then not win it. So yeah, they better win. So Tone says, 
uh, you're Denzel Washington now, so I mean, well, yeah, I do look like Denzel Washington. Everybody says, yeah, yeah, well, well the eggnog not having the eggnog looks like it made you lose some weight. You look pretty. It good. did. It actually did. I I, yeah. I spent my two months dieting so I could drink all the eggnog in the world, and they didn't have any. And they hose you, you know, on so the eggnog, and then they hose me. So well, you know. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you doing this, man. You know? I love having yeah, you man. on, man. Thank you, Very man. cool. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Tell people how they can find your um, oh, your your podcast. Just type in Philly 500. And I'll come right up. This beautiful Denzel Washington-looking man. Come right up. You, know. you get the scholar. Brother, I That's appreciate right. you coming aboard. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. Thank you. You got it. Philly 500. Make sure you check my boy out. Please hit the like button. We appreciate it. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. to start this press conference off by apologizing for uh, the shitty play calling I have on offense and um, we'll be better and we'll get this thing turned around. I got to be better. Coach, it's week 18. I know. I think you're a little late to the party. No, I think we can turn this thing around like a light switch because we're the Eagles. Okay. <laughs> For you to even think that against professional coaching staffs like Kyle Shanahan's, I'm sure that. So, wait a minute. Let me get this right. So, DeMarco Ryan's, <laughs> hey, good luck. Shane Steichen versus DeMarco Ryan's of uh, the uh, 49ers. How's that look? Hmm, interesting. Um, I would not feel comfortable with that. Let's see. Brian Dayball. In a playoff game versus Jonathan Gannon. I don't know. And you're better. Here, let's get one better. Andy Reid. <laughs> oh man. This gets this is I wanted I am a creature of drama. And I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. Jalen Hurts is back. Yeah. Hey, EC, you better hope he's back. Woo-wee. You don't want, hey, you don't, you don't want to, um, you don't want to have a blindside hit on your guy, do you? Epic collapse. Don't do that to them. TK, don't do that to Eagle fans. Because if it's a nuclear meltdown, this will be compared to Chernobyl. (laughs) You'll have a Chernobyl meltdown on Monday if they lose to the Giants. Okay? You'll have a nuclear meltdown. Okay. Question for you. Hall of Famers are out. Semi-finalists. We're going to do something for Eric Allen. I'm going to get Eric Allen on the show. I've already texted him. We're going to try to get Eric on. He lives in San Diego. And he used to go to rugby games to watch my daughter. Um, He lives in California. So we'll get him. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk to him about coming on the program. I'm going to get to him in a second. Darrell Rivas, thumbs up, thumbs down. And 
Here's my position with the pro. By the way, the Pro Football Hall of Fame follows me on my Twitter. And if you guys don't, please do over at my Twitter page, at Dan Salio Show. Um, do me a favor. Um, you tell me, thumbs up, thumbs down. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for Eric Allen here, okay? Hey, Xander, by the way, three hurricanes, baby. How many? Let me see if there's any uh, Alabama guys. Any Alabama guys? How come I don't see any Alabama guys? Where are the Alabama guys? I see three hurricanes. Where's where, where's the Bama guys? What? Where, where, where? <laughs> hey, Xander goes. When did they play in the fifties? <laughs> where's the, where's the, I don't see any Bama guys. All hurricanes, baby. Darrell Reeve, Darrell Reeve is thumbs up, thumbs down, Hall of Famer. I think he's a first ballot. I think he's one of the best corners that's ever played. He's a great football player. And my position with the Hall of Fame is this. I put the intel together for a lot of the voters. That's why we have Hall of Fame voters on our program. And I know you guys, Jason's one. Um, uh, Howard Balzer's one. Uh, Rick Goslin's one. He comes on our show all the time. Um, uh, Jared Bell is a Hall of Fame guy. These guys all ask me to put intel together for Hall of Famers. And I do it. And I make suggestions on who else should be on these lists. And we're going to start making a play for Eric Allen. I can't even believe he's not on a semifinalist here. Joe Thomas. You know the problem with Joe Thomas? He played on the shittiest teams of all time. He's a Hall of Famer? I guess. You got to get credit for great play. But how can you have great play on poor teams? Can you be a great player on a, on a bad team? I guess. I think he's a very interesting candidate. You can't, you because you know why? You can't factor in winning. You can't factor in him having one of the top offenses. It's a guy like Dennis Hare who made eight Pro Bowls um, and was on those great Rams teams. He's not even considered for the Hall of Fame. But Joe Thomas doesn't have to win? I don't know. I think that's a... Will Anderson, I think Will's a great football player. Um, I think he'll probably get some consideration. I don't believe he'll be a first ballot, though. Torrey Holt, I think the log jam at wide receiver. Like, watch this. Torrey Holt, you think he's better than Reggie Wayne? You think he's better than Andre Johnson? I don't. I think Torrey was a good football player, a really good one. Probably gets in one day. Um, Reggie Wayne. Played with Peyton Manning. Peyton's in. Marvin Harrison's in. Reggie's got a lot of great stats. I think it's going to be another year for Reggie. I think the Hurricane's going to have to wait. Here's an interesting one. Devin Hester. You think Hester gets in? Special teams, guys? That's always a tough one. I think Devin should get in, but he never really had a defined position. Jared Allen, I, I, I don't. Andre Johnson, DeMarcus Ware. We're going to hit on more of this tomorrow. Zach Thomas, Dwight Freeney, I think, has a shot. Albert Lewis was a great player. I don't think Rondé Barber gets in this year. Patrick Willis was a hell of a player. 
And Darren Woodson was a great player. We're going to hit on more on this. Guys, you were great today. I thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Till tomorrow, we will see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.